right, welcome everybody. Last episode of season three here, Overflow Beyond the Music. My name is Josh McCabe. I'm your host. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. So pumped about this episode because I've been a fan of this artist for a long time. And even more so than that, his album was in our top albums of 2019. Well, really my top albums of 2019. And that is Leland. And his new record is Better Word along with his bandmates. And we talk a little bit about that. I absolutely love this record. I love that it's an, it's a live record. And uh, I mean, in history, Leland's mostly done a lot of studio records. So really stoked on this record. It's awesome. You'll love it. Check it out. You'll love this interview as well. But hey, we got some really exciting stuff coming up for season four. We're going to be experimenting with some video podcasts. So check that out. Make sure that you are staying tuned and in touch with everything that's going on. Make sure you're following us online. You want to follow us at Overflow BTM on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Overflow BTM is where you will find all of that good, 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 good stuff. Well, the Grammy Awards happened recently, and if you want to define what who won the Grammy Awards, just Billie Eilish won like everything. And um, I thought it was awesome. I think she's a really talented performer and uh, got some catchy tunes. But on the Christian side of things, uh, basically Kirk Franklin and freaking Gunchy cleaned up. Kirk Franklin taking home the Grammy for his song Love Theory, in which he was also the songwriter. Uh, Best Gospel Album also went to Kirk Franklin. Long Live Love was the name of the album. Best Contemporary Christian Music Performance slash song goes to God Only Knows by For King Country and Dolly Parton. And the Best Contemporary Christian Music Album went to For King Country, Burn the Ships. And I'm telling you, all the nominees had great albums, even on the gospel side of things, which admittedly I'm not super familiar with or I'm not, I'm not in that world as much. But this is a move by Tasha Cobbs Leonard, uh, written by herself and Brandon Lake, a couple other writers as well. Love that song. Great, great song. And, you know, For King Country, they're doing so great. So happy for them. Just really killing it and representing this uh, Christian music world so well. Got to get them on the podcast. We're going to we're gonna definitely work on that. But our artist today, his name is Leland, Leland Mooring. He's from Texas, Baytown, Texas. And uh, he's been around. I remember their first record coming out when I was, oh my goodness, maybe 18. It was called The Sound of Melodies. And he couldn't have, I think he's a little bit younger than I am. And so if I was 18, he must have been 17 or something like that. But it was such a great record. I loved it, loved everything he's put out, and I just love this guy's heart. So let's head on into the interview, but first we're going to hear a clip of the song Inhabit off of Leland's new album called Better Word. Check it out. I always find that we'll have like banter before we get going, and then it's like the best part of the interview. That I'm like, oh, I wish we had that all yeah. on. So <laughs> that's it. So here we are. Um, this is Josh McCabe here, host of Overflow Beyond the Music, the podcast, and I've got Leland here with me. We're talking over FaceTime. Everyone's going to hear this over audio, but man, it's it's good to connect with you. And uh, awesome. how you doing? I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. Just. Uh enjoying life is uh is pretty crazy right now it's been a big transitional year for us but yeah enjoying enjoying family at home i have a beautiful wife uh mandy we've been married we just we just celebrated uh this month we celebrated 13 years of marriage wow great awesome so 
that's been amazing. And then uh, our baby girl, Journey, uh, she's our, our only child. Uh, she's a year and seven months. And so we've been kind of getting in, enjoying that world for the last this last year, just being parents and uh, trying to figure out how to do that well. And well, let me know when you figure it out, please. That exactly. would be great. I don't. I don't know if you ever. I don't think you ever do figure it out. I think you're. I think that's that's part of the process. You just kind of have to. It's sort of a bit of a, a guessing game and a journey. Of yeah, faith. yeah, and uh, yeah. But we've and then at the same time, you know, just navigating, um, navigating traveling life and and still traveling some this year. Mm-hmm. Um, out with our band, um, our band kind of is a sort of um, separated now between a couple of different places. So. Me and our bass player Josias, we are both based out of Houston, right. Texas, and uh, that's kind of where me and my wife are from. We're both from a town called Baytown, just east of Houston, mm-hmm. and that's where our that's where our band started 16 years ago, and out of our church, and and then so we're there. And then the other three guys that play with us in the road, um, one of my best friends Casey, who's in the band, plays yep. guitar. We write a lot together. Um, him and, and the other two guys, Peyton and David on drums and, and synths, they are all living here in Nashville. Yeah. So Nashville is kind of like a second home for us. And we're, we're here quite a bit throughout the year, just hanging out and seeing friends. And my wife is actually here with me. Oh, this so weekend. good. Yeah. So she's actually hanging out. She's like, I'm going to tag along. You just go hang out with friends. That's you know, awesome. We, we lived here for about three years. Um, uh, and from like 2014 to 17, uh, we were, or 2015 to beginning of 18, we were here just kind of enjoy Nashville and then God called us back home to start our family. So, um, yeah, so it's been amazing, man. I love Nashville. It's an amazing, like, uh, a good second home. Yeah. My wife and I and our, our family, we moved there about a year and a bit ago. And so, I mean, we see Casey and, uh, and David at, uh, belonging all the time. And, uh, that's where we go to church and, um, those are our people. And, and it's funny cause I feel like the amount of, just random connection that we have. I, you may not even remember this, but back in 2012, um, I actually booked you guys and you guys came up to Canada uh, with Parachute Band and Aaron Gillespie on yes, the same I remember night. remember that, dude. Yeah. So I was uh, the pastor and, and me and my sister had a worship team called 905 that opened and kind of hosted the whole night. Wow. And uh, we had just come off of a, can- a Canadian tour with Parachute and, and Aaron Gillespie. That was the last night of the tour. And we've been on the road for three weeks. And so I was, I don't even think we met that night. <laughs> like I was hosting you. Dude, I think was, we, I remember that night was crazy busy. I, and it was, it ended up being an unbelievable night, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you were running around like a chicken with your head cut off, just getting stuff done. Oh yeah. And like, it was the classic, um, like two, 2012 was like, no one really knew how to do streaming. Right. So like, we're just figuring it out. Like, yes, we're bringing in like, for like a whole console from a studio to figure this out. Like, we don't know what we're doing. So like, uh, it was, it was fun, but I remember, um, I remember you guys just went for it and I, th- I forget who asked me. It's like, what time does this thing have to end? I was like, whenever you guys decide it's going to end. And yes, it was so good. It was awesome. And then that's awesome. And then more recently you guys uh, came up with, uh, my wife and I's good friends, Brooke and Steve. So oh, Brooke and Steve, they are like epic, man. Yeah. We love them. And I love um, love Canada. Canada is, is like a I've had so many special memories there. Just over the last sixteen years of just kind of getting to, you know, a lot of really special moments in the presence of God and and uh, and also sightseeing and just 
great memories on the road of, of uh, just crossing the border. The Canadian border right there, though, that that is the uh, that's a that's a faith, faith and patience exercise. Oh, like crossing, <laughs> crossing that border. For some reason, it's like you guys have the most strenuous border crossing. Really? In, that I've ever, ever experienced. Like they will ask the most detailed questions. Like they are just trying to track down. They, and and they're, it's intense. Like crossing the, that's the only thing I don't like about Canada is crossing the border. And then, <laughs> and then everything else. And then once amazing. you get there, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get you up again. Um, I, I was saying this to our last guest, but we, I've been doing these worship nights around Canada. Just these, these, these just fun, like acoustic, just nothing but just like the songs and like acoustic mm-hmm. and piano and just like, just let God show up and like keep it simple for the church. And so we'll, we'll have to get you up for one of those. It'd be fun. That's awesome. I would love that. Um, but yeah, I want to talk a little bit about what's been going on because you released uh, a new record recently called Better Word. And yeah. um, it was in my top three albums of the year. Because Dude, that's amazing. It's man, it's so good. And you know, ever, I'm not sure if you've ever been guilty of this, but when you start listening to a record, you, we get so busy in life. We start from the beginning, and before you realize it, you only get through the first four songs every time yeah, you listen right. to it because you get busy with something. Well, I think. Well, I think that's a whole other conversation too. Is like I think I think everybody's dealing with that. Yeah, that's like you know I would I would consider myself a a pretty pretty big music listener, and I listen to try to listen to a lot of music, and yeah, but I have the same problem, man. I think it's like. You know, life is so busy now and everything is so integrated and yeah. you're, you know, you're constantly connected to, you know, anyone in your, on your phone can reach you at any moment. Right. And it's like, and our lives are on our phones and we're doing all this. And I think, uh, so yeah, it's changed the way that I think a lot of us listen to music. For me, I, it's, it's kind of like a thing where I, in my car, I probably will listen to maybe have enough time to listen to two songs yep. or before something interrupts like a phone call or a, you know, just handling different tasks throughout the day. Yep. So it's kind of like on the car, which I think is why maybe playlists and, or even having certain albums on is eventually you stumble upon other songs. Like, man, I didn't get to song. I haven't, it took me like a, a year to get to song six, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> well, I think what's, what's cool about it was that I, and this is a compliment to the record that, um, you know, I, w- I would only get through the first, you know, four songs, five songs, because, you know, again, you get caught up with something, but then when just, just you're driving or you just put it on to be background music or whatever. And then I discovered, you know, the sending and first love fire, which became my favorite two songs on the record. Um, wow. And I just love that song. First love fire. I just love the lyrics of it. So tell me a little bit about where, where that yeah. came from. Well, it's, well, that's really encouraging to hear that. So some of these songs in the process, you know, um, you, you, I've, we've always been kind of spontaneous in how we write. Um, I, I'm trying to get a lot, uh, have a little bit more of a, not militant's the wrong word, but I'm trying to have a little bit better, um, uh, hobby and strategy towards writing and, right. and good rhythms. Uh, a lot of my friends that I admire that write pretty consistently mm-hmm. throughout the week and have a really good rhythm with it. For me, it's kind of like, I just sort of follow the wind wherever yeah. it blows and, and uh, and that's got its its positives, its ups and downs. But one of the things is that what I love about making a record is that there is like this deadline, and 
I actually yep. work work really well. I feel like creatively <clears throat> under a deadline, and so I, I it helps me a little bit make it just go through follow through with a decision. Yeah. So because um, at some point, if you don't, you know, you just keep going around circles, and you always think you can make it better. Right. And we were so we had this deadline, and we had you know quite a few songs. I think at this point, we probably had like eight or nine great songs we were excited about, but we needed more, and we we wanted more, and so we were just praying and believing. And I was in Singapore. Um, with Casey and we were, we were ministering in Singapore at these for about a week at a few different churches. And while I was staying there in this apartment, they had us in this apartment all week. Uh, my brother texts me this voice memo. We write a lot together. Uh, he texts me this voice memo of this love song he was working on for his wife. And it's just like a, you know, it, he kind of had this, he did this little demo on his, on a computer and the verse was like this, uh, it was a similar melody to that verse, but it was just kind of like, you know, Classic singing, just kind of mumbling something. Yeah. And then you get to the chorus and it was, uh, you know, I want to fall in, I want to fall in. Well, it was, I want to fall in love. I want to fall in love. I want to fall in love uh, with you again. I yeah. want to fall in love. That was the whole thing. And I listened to it and I immediately was like, dude, I feel like this is like a worship song. Yeah. Like it just, it's, you know, you could, because it's just coming back to your first love and, and I texted my brother, and I've been wanting to write a song like that because I've been feeling that in my own heart, just like saying, "God, you know, just I feel like that's a prayer every single year. God, just renew my my passion for you and bring me back to where I was at first. Right. And uh, that's always been a big prayer of mine. And so we started texting over the phone, and I had about an hour there at the apartment before our next thing. So got on the acoustic guitar and immediately was inspired and started working on some ideas sent it over to him. And then we kind of finished the song over text uh, during our trip in Singapore. He sent me a few ideas and then, uh, and then we tried it. As soon as I got home, we did it at church and it really, which is what I love. Our church is kind of kind of guinea pigs. You know, we just try new stuff out on the, yeah, see if it works. So good. and it was great, man. It immediately connected with people and, and the bridge really connected with people. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm excited. That really encourages me to hear that. Cause I, um, it it was reminiscent to me some of my favorite songs from like Delirious and and uh, when I first started like diving into like their music yeah some of my favorite songs were were songs about the friendship of God and coming back and th this this love and this first love this first things uh, which I think is really was a big theme with their music and and that was always something that really was really special to me so i've always admired those kind of songs so it's special to hear that well it's great i mean i would think it, it's so funny how much delirious comes up on this podcast literally yeah. i it's the most it's the most talked about other artists by artists and and i what i love about delirious and especially i mean i'm sure you've gotten to know martin a little bit and as he talks about the early days there was no roadmap for what they were doing there was no yeah there was no real um, they were kind of taking what had been um, they they just kind of invented their own roads, and so which which I think is so special and something that it's maybe in a in a world and in a culture that is so and it saturates the wrong word because I think there's never too many worship songs. I think there's never yeah. too many ways to sing about Jesus, yeah. but but in a place where it's so accessible, it can almost be hard to find you know find new roads and find find get or get rid of the roadmap and just get back to like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to sing whatever I want to sing. <laughs> if anyone connects yeah. with it, great. 
Yeah, I think I think something that's really special to that. I was talking with a buddy of mine because um, that's so true. I mean, it, it, there definitely is an overwhelming feeling sometimes as a songwriter or as a worship leader, or as an artist, which I think are two. They're they're two separate callings. Yes, for sure. And maybe we can chat about that a little bit too. Which yeah, is let's, let's, super we'll do that. To me. But um, but I think um, and I felt like I've walked in both of those throughout my life, and I think you can have a dualistic calling on your life, and and um, but one of those things is that. Sometimes you can wake up in the morning and you're inspired. You love this song. It just hits you in a really special way. And then you're just hit square in the face with the reality that there's, you know, a million new songs across all the streaming platforms every 10 days, you know, and that's, that's true. It's a buddy of mine literally told me that, that between all the streaming services, there's a hundred thousand new masters every single day released onto all of the combined musical platforms. So a million new songs you can listen to across all genres every 10 days. So that can be super discouraging if you let it. And but but I think in the realities is that the the good songs and and what I mean by good is I guess songs that that the listener can believe in mm-hmm. because they know that the artist or the worship leader or the church believes in it. And I feel like that's an unspoken thing. Yeah. Because uh, I think sometimes we we we're looking for a sound, we're looking for a specific unique sound or, or we we keep going back to well man if i could just if if our band can just have this specific unique production style or if we can just write the song in this unique way or and mm-hmm. we think it, it we all we keep coming back to i think sometimes the tangible things that we can control like we go as songwriters or as worship leaders we go well let's hey you know everybody's doing this this overproduced thing Let's strip it back and let's get in a room and let's sing out some songs around an acoustic guitar. And that's going to be the defining thing that makes it sound different. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden, yes. then you have a lot of people doing that. And and mm-hmm. we kind of keep thinking that it's a modality or it's a form that makes the thing uh, unique. When really what it is, is uh, is it's just simply um, authority. And, and, and authority can sound a little bit hyper spiritual but really what that means is just lived experience yeah if if when someone sings a song whether it's a storytelling narrative or it is a or it's or it's a theological song that's about the nature of god when someone sings a song that they've lived through that because and they they have revelation which which just means lived experience yep somebody has lived experience in a song and and it's coming from the it's coming from the abundance of their heart, like they they've walked through this thing. It doesn't matter how they sing it; they could sing it with synthesizers or they could sing it with a bagpipe. It doesn't matter. You're gonna hear it in their voice. You're gonna hear it in the song that this thing you can believe it. And obviously, there's the unspoken rule that hey, it needs to be excellent. It needs to be a well written song. There's all of those things. Assuming that all of that is there, because we have plenty of really well written songs. We have plenty of catchy songs. You can hop in a writer's room almost anywhere in Nashville. Well, you can churn out. You can churn out here in town here, really great hooky songs. Yeah. Um, that that you know get caught, that get caught in your head really easily with the melody and and, and it tells a really unique and kind of um, uh, you know the word I'm looking for. It tells a really catchy kind of storyline. It's it's got something really special about it, but. But then at the end of the day, there's still a difference between those songs and the songs that you tell that just bled out of people. It's just something that they believe in, you know, like they, there was sacrifice that went behind that song. And it's, and it's not that, and you're not always going to hit that mark every single time, but, but it, it should be the thing that we're aiming for. And it's the thing that I'm always trying to aim for is 
do I believe in this song? Do I believe it down to my core? Uh, and is it coming from lived experience? Yeah. And coming from a real place because songs are just vehicles for for revelation. You know, they just they just carry something that you've lived and yeah. gone through. Well, it's it's like there's an anointing that that gets poured on something that that is like been tested and pure. You know, I think about David's Psalms and and why they're so epic and why they're so why they're so frequently quoted all the time. And like yeah. it's almost like they're ingrained in our minds. We could be like, "Oh, you know, how how great are, is your love, O Lord?" And like we could just be like almost reciting things and we before we realize that we're citing one of David's Psalms. Yes. Yeah. But because that's lived experience and it came from a place of anointing and the Lord had anointed him to do that for a season. And, you know, I, I think I think the interesting thing is that you can tell and maybe you can and speak into this without, you know, without having to speak negatively about anything, but you can tell when there's somebody who's anointed to write writes or when someone's anointed to lead worship leads, and there's a difference. There's there's something you can tangibly feel when there's an anointing or a calling or even a permission from the Lord to do it beyond just being a good singer or a good lyricist. Well, I think there's two different. One thing I found in my life is there's there's two different callings, and um, well, and there's and within those callings, there's a couple of different like subsets of things that because this and this is just from my own experience. So I started I started writing songs. Um, on a full-time basis on a, on a publishing company here in Nashville. Yep. Supernaturally is how it, it all happened really supernaturally. We met a couple of people and God opened up all the doors. But I was about 15 years old when I signed to a publishing deal as a writer and started flying up to Nashville with my mom and doing these writing trips with all these writers that are twice my age that were yeah. really talented. And it was, it was amazing. So I, I dove straight in then and I'm 31 now. So in the last 16 years of being like a songwriter and worship leader and artist, kind of walking in those those three different worlds, um, there is a difference in calling. And so it's not it's not that um, it's not that one is lesser or more, uh, but they are different modes. I agree. And so I guess what I mean by that is uh, a friend of mine put it this way: that in the, in the Old Testament you had Ezekiel and you had Daniel. Both Ezekiel and Daniel were alive at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this until like last year that they were both alive on the earth. I thought they lived in different periods. They were alive at the same time. Mm. And in in the Old Testament, God would use kings and culture, and he would use um, he would use prophets to speak to the children of Israel. Children of Israel represent the children of God, the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and obviously culture and kingdoms represents uh, the world, right? Yeah. And, and 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 not in a negative sense. It just means. Yeah culture. Um, and so what that means is that um, if you examine both of their lives, Ezekiel, they both had a rule and they both had an exception, right? An exception to the rule they operated in. The rule for Ezekiel was that, that the or the calling for Ezekiel was to speak to the children of Israel as a prophetic voice of encouragement, admonishment, and even correction, and would speak life into the children of Israel. He would he would speak uh, passion, and he would he he's there. He is in the valley, raising up, raising up uh, dry bones in the valley. You yep. know, uh, raising the army of God, breathing life into the army of God. That's what worship leaders are called to do. It, there are some people that have a calling on their life from God that involves the local church. They might not be unbelievable songwriters. They might not be uh, necessarily called to write a ton of stories. But what they are called to do 
is is because of the passion and the love that God's put in their heart for the local church. When they get up to lead a song, their calling is for what's happening in the room. Right. And and they point people to Jesus. They're leading people as a lead worshiper, like an Ezekiel would, encourage and admonish the children of Israel. At the exact same time, you had Daniel was on the earth. And Daniel Daniel was uh second to uh, an evil Babylonian king mm-hmm. in his kingdom and a part of his kingdom. And if you look, if you look at Daniel from afar off, it's really hard to, to convince yourself that Daniel hasn't compromised yet because you look at Daniel and if you're not close in close proximity to Daniel and you look at him and you say, man, why isn't Daniel like Ezekiel? Because Daniel is second to this evil king. There's no way you get second that high up in this regime without compromising. At some point, he must have compromised to get that close to this evil king to gain this much favor. You don't do that without compromising. You know, we do that now with people. We see, you know, somebody takes a picture with a politician that we don't like, you know, and it's yeah. some, some it's some artist that we really looked up to and they're taking the picture with some person that we're not too sure if they're living a good life. And now all of a sudden you start questioning, man, I wonder how they get that close. How are they friends with them? How are they hang out with them all the time? <laughs> and I've done that. You start questioning their character just because of a picture they took with them. So the same thing was happening during their time. Um, but if you get in close proximity to Daniel and you get close to Daniel, you see, what is he doing? He's not eating their food. He doesn't worship their idols. He doesn't speak like them. He's unashamed about the God that he serves. Yep. And three yep. times a day, he worships God. His character is, is pure. And God, and this is the important part. God gave Daniel a dialect or a, a gifting on his life, a calling on his life, an anointing to interpret the dreams of a wicked king and, and give him an, a language to speak to this king in favor so that the king would actually listen to what Daniel had to say. And so what happened was is that this calling that got a place on Daniel's life on the outside, you can see, well, maybe Ezekiel's calling is more important because it's it's really, it's very theological. It's very spiritual. It's talking to the children of Israel. It's very separate from, from this wicked king. It's not even it's anywhere close to it. It's in, the, it's in the safety of the children of Israel, and it's pouring into the, to this body, and it seems right now, and so, and, but then you look at Daniel's life, and, and the end result of Daniel it seemed very covert, right? But the end result is it ended very overtly. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. Uh, it was, he was dealt with persecution. God, God miraculously saved him from this persecution. And then it ends with this evil king saying, we will serve Daniel's God. A whole nation hmm. ends up being saved. And so I feel like, and this is true in my own life, is that there are specific callings on different ones. And so when you say there are those who are anointed to lead worship, anointed to write songs, anointed to tell stories or be an, an artistic calling, which is me just being a storyteller yeah. that, that writes narratives. Um, those three things are three distinct callings. Yeah, and agree. sometimes you might operate in all three. Sometimes, in, and and if you do have all three kind of raging in your life, there usually it ends up being kind of seasonal. It's not that, and I'm, this is my, true in my own life, it's not yeah. that I'm, I'm doing all three at the same time. Sometimes I'm operating in two for a certain season, then yep. operating the other two for another. And each is important to the kingdom of God. And so we might have people listening right now that when they get inspired by the word of God and when they get inspired by the presence of God when they're in their alone time with the Lord, 
when inspiration and creativity hits them, what comes out of them is a poem mm-hmm. or what comes out of them is, is a love song or a storytelling song or, or an issue, something that speaks about political issues or what's happening in our life. It's not necessarily something we'd sing on Sunday yeah. um, because the mode of it is different. The mode of it, the storytelling mode is something that puts you in a posture of listening yeah. so that they can kind of washes over you. And sort of the exception to the rule is that maybe sometimes you want to join in and sing along. Whereas the mode of what happens on Sunday morning, the worship leading mode or writing songs for that tends to be, the rule tends to be, it's a song that we can all gather in easily and sing together and kind of lose sight of the song and really think about what we're singing directly to God to encourage and admonish us in love and good works. And maybe the exception to the rule sometimes in that mode is that in church is that there's moments where you just listen and let it wash over you. And so both are vitally important uh, musically and creatively to the kingdom of God. You know, it's funny. I was, I was talking about this the other day, like, and, and this is getting on a whole deeper level, but I was telling someone that nothing's changed about my life because in seasons I've been I've focused on preaching or leading worship or or leading just leading people is in a pastoral nature and then other seasons I've you know in in this season I, I feel particularly called to do some songwriting and 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 leading worship and whatever that all looks like but I said nothing's changed about the giftings that are in me like the whether or not I you know carry a gifting of leadership or a prophetic gifting or a gift of evangelism you know I, I can actually look to a specific time in my life where there was a gift of evangelism that was at the top of of my my life that was that just poured out of me and then I kind of look at this season I go there's this prophetic gifting that's come out of wh- whatever I don't know but you know it, the avenues sometimes change and the way that it gets delivered sometimes change but Ultimately, the things that God places in us, the giftings, the, the skills, the abilities, um, we, we still are who we are. And as I, I feel like you, could, you can be someone who carries the anointing or the, or the gifts of God and yet be in a completely uh, worldly, quote-unquote, secular job and still be carrying out the cause of Christ every bit as much as a pastor who's getting up there preaching every Sunday as long as you are using the gifts God's placing you to the fullness of your ability. Exactly. Exactly. I've seen, I've seen some people carry the most insane anointings to heal people, and they never step foot on the stage at a church. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think um, I think I think that where the church is catching up to that here uh, in the West is that, um, and I think there's going to be a revival in the church of um, a revival of of worship, pure hearted worship. That's and I, I mean that. Maybe more in terms of the genre that it's yeah. uh, when I say that. And I know all things are worship when they're done from a pure heart, but we kind of use these words as as sort of directional assistance in conversation. But it, it, I can see a reformation in worship that is that is more is that is dealing with the the posture of the heart. Um, and now that worship as a genre has become very popular. Um, in the church, and it's, there are so many beautiful things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think God is going to start um, really dealing with the posture, making sure that our heart is for the people of God, and it's for, and that when we do this, it's it's for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and out of that, we're going to ex- experience more pure-hearted worship that you can just, as soon as you put it on, you just hear it, and you, you just know. And I think at the same time too, and this is what I'm believing for as well, and I feel called to this is to is um, 
is that there will be a revival of the arts and the classical arts since the storytellers in the church will begin to rise up mm. and 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 that God would would start equipping um, uh, pastors of the arts, pastors that 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 are maybe even artists themselves, that are storytellers themselves, that can identify those storytellers in their church that are gifted with poetry, gifted in film, gifted in photography, uh, gifted and and they they serve in their local church. Maybe they serve in other areas in the church. Maybe they serve in children's ministry. Yeah. But but there's a calling on their life to speak into culture um, outside of the four walls of the church. How do we equip those people in the same way that we've encouraged and equipped our business leaders, in the same way that we encourage and equip our education or, or, or um, edu- the people who educate in our schools, in the same way that we equip um, our, our, our believers who are in the medical field. Yeah. Um, churches are doing great in a lot of areas, but I think one, one area that we can grow um, is, and where I feel called to help, is um, how do we encourage, admonish, and equip um, our storytellers in the church who have a, a narrative calling where God's called them to go out into the world, write stories, in the same way that Jesus spoke in parables uh, to describe what the kingdom of God was like so that seeing they might not see, hearing they might not hear, yeah. meaning half of the room when Jesus would speak was kind of getting it and their hearts were being stirred. And they were like, I think I understand this. And then the other half of the room was going, I have no clue what this guy's talking about, but something is special about him. And then the other part of the room was like, I I don't know. Like, But what would happen is, is if you put a melody and and put it to meter and rhythm, Jesus's parables it could quickly be a three-minute song. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, there it's it's wild to me that the Son of God used that oratory form through the Holy Spirit uh, to 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 reveal what the invisible God was like. And so, I think it's a, it's a really important part of the kingdom of God, the Daniel calling, as much as the Ezekiel calling. Both are vital to God. And so, if anyone's you know, that's just been an encouragement in my heart. Man is like, you know. Some seasons you might be in one or the other, um, if you have feel like you've both in your life. Um, and I think it's you know if you're in Ezekiel through and through, then there's there's a lot of encouragement for you um, in in the body right now. But if you're a Daniel, it's a little bit um, it's a little tougher. That's yeah. it's almost like the only place you can kind of find a home is with all the deconstructionists there, <laughs> you know, deconstructing from the church. And I'm definitely not a part of that camp. Like yeah, I um I love the local church. It, with all of its problems, with all of its humanity, with all of its uh, its issues and dysfunction, um, and because oh, yeah. people are involved in it, um, it's still God's idea, and and it's still a beautiful thing. Just like marriage isn't perfect, but it's a beautiful thing, and it's and it's it, family is is God's idea. It's how he, it's how He perpetuates His glory through the earth. And so I I I have a heart to see the storyteller um, uh, equipped in the in the body. To yeah. go out and see that, along with the worship leader and and those who are called to that, so it's amazing. Well, you know, I th- I think, and this is the thing I think comes out in the album, and 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 I'm really I'm really grateful for this conversation because, to be honest, if like I have no desire, and I, I know we we got to get wrapping here in a second, but like I have no desire to sit with you today and go over all the seven albums or the amount of Dove Award nominations or. Or, or the amount of number one, you know what I mean? We like, come on, like go on Wikipedia, figure that stuff out. But I want to know what your heart is. I want to know what, what gets you fired up. And yeah, and it seems, and it seems to me that, that, that there's this real, and it comes out on the record, better word. I think there's this desire 
in you that wants to see just the pureness of worship rise in whatever form it takes. And it's yeah. so evident on that record. And I'm telling anyone listening to this podcast today, if you haven't heard it, you need to go listen to it top to bottom. Some of my favorite moments are just when wow. you just start talking and just sharing your heart. And uh, wow. and thank you just for Dude, taking time to do that today. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, yeah, it's just it's such a, such a blessing, man. And anybody listening, just be encouraged. Like, God's got it. He's got your future. He knows exactly where you're at, you know, wherever you feel called into um, whatever that passion is, God's place in your heart. Just give him the season you're in. Um, stay plugged into a church family yeah. and your destiny and your purpose for your life is will always be attached to a family of believers that, that really care about you. Find that home and uh, and just trust God with the rest of it. He's going to find the right home and the right the right season for you and the right roads to take and twists and turns. And it's all important, man. It's all important to the kingdom, whether you're a storyteller or you are um, you are a pastor in the local church that that leads people in worship. Man, all of it is vital to the eternal plan and purpose of God. So. Um, just be encouraged with that, man. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, dude. Absolutely. Well, we're going to listen to a song off the record, and I want you to pick it. Um, you know, what what song would you like people to hear, and, and why is that important to you that they hear it right now? Wow. Uh, well, you know what would be great, actually, is, is is if we could play the song A Gold, which is just a, a spontaneous moment that kind yeah. of happened. Um, I was in Norway and um, on a trip, and we were – this is one of my favorite moments from the album. I was in Norway on a trip uh, before we recorded the album and, and for a week. And I uh, was listening to a Norwegian pastor talk about um, there's a Japanese art form where they, a pottery art form, where they take really valuable pottery. It's been shattered and they mend it with gold because gold is, there's nothing, it, it gold literally never rusts. It never, it's always valuable. It, it retains its, um, its strength. Mm-hmm. And so they bond all the cracks and these really valuable vases with gold and it actually ups the value of the vase it actually becomes more valuable than it was before wow. it was broken and and it actually it obviously it beautifies all the all of the the flaws and the scars and um and so he was comparing that to the grace of god the redemption story of the gospel in our own life and i went home or went to, back to the hotel that night and was just so moved by god and posted it on instagram this piece didn't think we were going to do it that night in the live recording and then the rehearsal. We were running through all the songs the night before and a Thursday. The next night we were going to press record. And so we were just kind of running through the songs. And after Where You Are, I just kind of went into it with the band. And um, and it was it was just, just up there with the band. We were just worshiping in our, during our rehearsal. And there was a whole the whole room that we were going to record in was all empty. All the seats were empty, except uh, our producer, Kyle, who was an amazing, he helped us producing the record, was out front just worshiping. And then when we were done with that, he said, you have to do that tomorrow. And like shouts <laughs> out. And I was like, I was like, all right, bro, we'll do it if we feel it. And so, amazing. And so it, it ended up working out live in the night. We we're like, let's do it. Let's move into it. And uh, it ended up being a really special moment. And actually what's really special about it, if you turn up really loud um, in your car, wherever you're listening, um, at some moment, there's a moment where you hear a baby cry out, and that's actually my baby. No uh, way. Yeah, bro. And so, you know, we dealt with six years of infertility and God mending that story. And uh, we adopted our baby girl a year and a half ago. And so that's a wild story. But so hearing her voice on our recording and a song that's talking about God healing our wounds. Hearing the broken cracks. Blood, amazing. Man, 
It's wild, dude. Well, it, we'll was a, to, it was a wild night. We'll have to it's get great. you on again to tell that story. But, man, right. thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate this so much. This is Gold by Leland here on Overflow Beyond the Music. Check it out. Thanks, Josh. See you, buddy. It's definitely a different choice from what our artists usually pick. They're usually picking something upbeat. But I absolutely love that moment on the record, and I love how spontaneous it is. It's one of the things I actually love about the entire record in itself. Uh, I just love the heart and the uh, the spirit that you feel when you worship with it and when you listen to it and when you lead those songs. They're just so powerful. So make sure you check out Leland's new album, Better Word. Make sure you follow us online, Overflow BTM. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Overflow BTM. I'm your host, Josh McCabe. This is wrapping up season three, episode nine. We'll be back real soon with some more episodes of Overflow BTM Beyond the Music. I'm your host, Josh McCabe. Thanks for hanging out.